Triple Whale has just launched a simple finance platform called FinHub, and I'm already loving it. One simple dashboard for all the tools and accounts you're already using, so you can gain clarity with your consolidated data, your real-time cash flow, your accrual P&Ls. It's designed to help those brands that are built on Shopify to operate smarter. So go over to triplewhale.com and check it out. So when you're identifying these influencers, try to figure out who creates the best video content specifically. What content is thumb-stopping? Are they charismatic? Can they speak to the value of your product? Would you be confident in that? Can they sell the end view at the end of the day? Welcome back to Stop. Joining me is the recently unfollowed Taylor Legacy. We'll call back to the last episode if you don't know what I'm talking about. But if you're on social media, if you're on Instagram, you've probably seen a sponsored post from an influencer. I know all of my favorite Kardashians are constantly sharing their favorite products, but that's actually not the best route to take if you're a pretty typical brand, which I think a lot of the listeners of Pitstop are. Taylor, we're going to be talking about just who to start with. So, and you had mentioned the the micro-influencers. I think that one of the biggest mistakes that people make is not having something to keep them on track with either going too small Maybe they take great photos, but it's not worth what you'll get, or they're just too big and it's too expensive. They just don't care. So welcome back. And I'd love to just hear a little bit more about micro influencers and why they're your target of, of choice when it comes to working with influencers. Yeah. And just right off the bat, I just want to make it clear. It may come off as though I'm skewed towards strictly working with micro influencers. That's not the case. It's just 100% where I'd recommend starting and then scaling up from there and take a micro to macro approach. But there is definitely a lot of reason outside of just that saving your investment, right? You don't want to swing for the fences and spend like $100,000 on macro influencers and for it all just go to waste. You need to do your due diligence. You need to do the legwork and how can you do that micro influencers. But micro influencers can also provide much bigger wins than macros as well. Why? Again, we reach out to micro influencers as part of that seeding campaign that we've been alluding to this entire time, reaching out to 500 micro influencers. 100 micro-influencers often receive your product, 30 micro-influencers end up posting two or three times. That process is with micro-influencers for a variety of reasons. One, you want to start there, like I said. Two, way greater response rates for micro-influencers in comparison to people that are bigger. Micro-influencers are quickly defined how we're saying that 5K to 150K following. Greater response rate, greater opt-in rate to receive the product, greater post rate, and on a per-follower basis, they have greater engagement, greater reach, greater conversion rate. And so I would take 10 people with 100,000 followers over one person with a million followers every day of the week for those reasons. And honestly, most importantly here, the biggest value added of micro-influencers, there's no drop-off in content creation ability, the quality of content creation. So like the video content that's being produced at all of these posts that's taking place, there's no drop-off based on the following. We're identifying quality content creators. That's one of the main pieces of criteria when they become a part of that 500 person influencer list. And so when we're following it for usage rights to this content, once they post that message, hey, Lucas, we're so glad that you loved our gift that we sent you so much so you're willing to share this content with your audience. Hey, we'd love to share this content with our audiences as well. Can we have the rights to do so? If you sent that to a macro influencer, that message, they would say no chance or introduce you to their manager, their agent, Whereas micro-influencers are completely flattered by that. Nine times out of 10, they want you to have that content to repurpose. Yeah. And it's like, I know that my podcasts aren't number one on the charts yet, but. Yet. Key. Keyword. Straight up. The quality of the content to help a merchant is meant to be bar none the best. Every episode, if you don't get a hundred bucks more sales, leave me a negative review. That's, I'm that confident. I love it. But rolled up. 
my flagship podcast. It's the best edited business podcast there is out there. There's not a higher quality business podcast. And I'm more than happy to say that it's up there with not my first million, but how I built this. So I'm going top, top shelf quality, even if I don't have the downloads yet that other people do. Anyway, I love that, man. I just had to shoot my shot and get that off my chest because you got me fired up. Passion's got to be met with passion. It's true. When I was hearing you talk, I had another thought as well with micro-influencers and by seeding, you're not putting all your eggs in one basket that if you look at your cost of goods sold as a marketing expense versus the cost to pay an influencer, which gets into tens of thousands and more quite quickly, you really get to hedge your bets and pick the top six photos that they take or maybe the top videos that you can then cut up and use in your ads and once you have the content editing's not that hard if you're willing to put in the time to sift through and find the good little bits and you can make a pretty solid ad with ugc pretty quick oh for sure i would always shoot to try to work with influencers that are producing video content we just see that time and time again outperform static imagery organically as one paid. So when you're identifying these influencers, try to figure out who creates the best video content specifically. What content is thumb stopping? Are they charismatic? Can I speak to the value of your product? Would you be confident in that? Can they sell at the end viewer at the end of the day? So that's the lens you really want to look through. And when it comes to actually repurposing this, I would repurpose all of it, especially in the Facebook ads specifically. Throw it into dynamic creative tests. Facebook machine learning system is incredibly powerful in its ability to identify the top performing piece of content and allocate all of the budget behind that piece of creative in comparison to something that they don't think is going to win within a given audience. So at the end of the day, they're not going to burn in your money and waste it on a piece of creative that isn't going to win, that they know won't win. But I would take your human decision making out of that process completely because by saying, hey, this piece of content and this one out of this batch of 10, we think these are gonna work the best. You're potentially missing out on the opportunity of one of those eight pieces of creative that you tossed aside and didn't put into the machine learning system of Facebook, winning and scaling your ad account efforts. So I would definitely recommend getting all of it live. Again, taking the human decision-making out of it, lean into that machine learning system. But you're 100% right to circle back to your last comment there. Just reformat it into nine by 16, one by one, Facebook ad placement optimization right there, those placements, as well as just caption the video content. That's all you need to do. Don't add graphics, don't add text overlay, don't add anything else. You want to keep it native and organic to the feed. That's what makes it work in the first place. Awesome. I think that's a good point to wrap up. I have nothing more to add. I've gone off on my tangent for the day. So thank you so much, Taylor. Where can people find you where if they want to get started and they just want to give you money to, to do this? Where can people find you? Well, Lucas had everyone unfollow me on Twitter uh, this past episode. So this episode, you can go refollow me at Taylor Lagasse, T-A-Y-L-O-R-L-A-G-A-C-E, and then go to Lucas's page and slam the unfollow button. We're out here competing. Okay. So once you do that, then go back to Taylor's profile <laughs> and hit the spam button. And that's the end of the episode. <laughs> We're so glad you joined us. <laughs> Sorry we didn't have enough time to continue the, the beef. But yeah, you can find either of us on Twitter. Reach out there. DMs are open. And just for fun, share this episode with your mother-in-law. I'm sure she'd appreciate it.
With 70,000 customers around the world and hundreds of five-star reviews, it's no wonder why so many businesses choose OmniSend for their marketing automation. Here's a review from the Shopify app store that I think said it better than I could have myself. Honestly, I don't think there's anything this app can't do when it comes to email automation marketing. I haven't been with them long, but it seems like whenever I try to do something a little bit more complex, OmniSend has the capability to do it. Their support is incredible. Thanks, Kara. I'm so happy that I chose this app over all the others. You won't be disappointed. Head to OmniSend.com and see for yourself why so many brands love OmniSend. Triple Whale is doing some amazing things nowadays. They're developing just a huge range of tools to help your brand stay informed and scale. And Whale Mail is where you can get all these details. So head over to triplewhale.com and sign up today.